So hello and welcome to episode of 18 of the Salad Cast of the Season with myself, Glenn Price. Um, no Ollie again this week. Um, still off on baby duty. I think he's coming to the end of his paternity leave. So um, I think he'll be back next week when we're, we're at Carlisle and um, giving us some thoughts on that game. But for anyone that was looking on Twitter, we said we'd come and record it around my mum and dad's for the first time in about three years, I think, where uh, I've got my dad here, um, who's been at the games this week. Hello. So yeah, welcome back to the pod, Dad. Thank you. Good stuff. And my brother was obviously supposed to be here as well for a full price cast, but COVID-related issues, Mike, have you stuck at home, don't they? They do, although we've had a negative test come back in the last half an hour, but then I subsequently had a glass of wine, so I wasn't driving from Oxford Bridge after that. So, you know, I'll do it over the internet. It's much better. That's fair enough, Mike. I think we'll let you off. And yeah. should just say, lurking around in the in the background is my mother. You might hear her coughing occasionally, but she's just here to check. My dad doesn't say anything absolutely outrageous on the internet. So um, Don't mention Sam Cosgrove. Yeah, she's, she's already pre-warned him. So um, there we go. But uh, yes, Christmas is coming. So yeah, quite nice to kind of have a little kind of pre-Christmas uh, podcast, really. So yeah, two games this week to talk about obviously um, a very encouraging week for Shrewsbury this week with a, with a draw against Sunderland and a, and a good win against uh, Charlton so before we get into the games Mike and, and the stats and stuff what have, you, what have you made of this week really what do you think it's done to the narrative of the season it's surprisingly positive really wasn't it I, you know it certainly wasn't expecting four points this week I think um, it's actually turned on a bit of an air of optimism around the place I think people can see um, finally start to see some of the some of the stuff that Cottrell talks about um, actually coming to fruition in the team. You know, there's a lot more energy and a lot more sort of... They, they seem to have a bit more of a plan. So, yeah, I think I think that the, un, the unsurprising answer to that is we're all a bit more optimistic after four points and out of the relegation mm. zone. Yeah. And did you see this turnaround coming, Dad? You've been to... Pretty no, much I didn't see the turnaround coming. I think a bit, of, a bit of kudos has got to come to, to Cottrell this week, especially the way he moved uh, Sunderland match. He moved Udo into the middle, who's proving the right dynamo there, and he's, mm. he's looking good. Same against at the... He was my man of the match both days. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's, it has been positive to be fair, and I think it's it's. I think me and Ollie have been talking online today about how you know we've been you know wondering where the season's going to be going and talking about relegations, but, but I think when you get to the end of the week, you know you can find yourself in nineteenth, looking up the table for the first time in a while. It is a bit more positive, but yeah, we'll we'll get to kind of a bit more of the, the summary at the end of the podcast. So um, yeah, we'll we'll move on to the Sunderland game on Tuesday night now. The situation is clear. That's an excellent ball in. It's Holt header. Shrewsbury Town have the lead. It's his 28th goal of the season. First game this week was a creditable draw, um, having gone down to 10 men with Sunderland at home on Tuesday night in front of a, a pretty massive crowd of 6,253 for a Tuesday night game, Dad. And we were just talking before we started recording the podcast about how you've been impressed with the, the crowds this week. The first time I've heard chanting on our side of the ground, and it was a, a good chant as well, it kept going. And that hasn't been for a long, long time. It was really a good uh, atmosphere. Yeah, and I think it's good to see crowds building back up again. I suppose, Mike, the, the two games we've had this week, Charlton and um, Sunderland, have been probably two of the bigger games, I suppose, for some maybe the floating fans that kind of like to go and see the big teams who, who were at the top once. Um, but getting over 6,000 a couple of times and, and two big away attendances, it's good for the transfer window, transfer budget and all that sort of thing going forward, isn't it? Yeah, I was more surprised Tuesday night to see us have so many in because, yeah. you know, we've been on a bad run and I don't think Sunderland are that much of a draw as they used to be anymore. They're sort of perennial league one underachievers. So, um, yeah, that surprised me. And then to see it continue on Saturdays given how cold it was, um, yeah. I'm not really sure why people have decided to come and start watching us all of a sudden, but long may it continue because, like you say, it all helps in the finances and, and with January coming, we need every pound we can get, I think. Yeah, true, 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 right. And um, yeah, so obviously for those who weren't at the game, they've probably seen it. But yes, Sunderland scored on 16 minutes and then Danny Ado got our goal on 64. Um, in between that was Dave Davis's red card just for a half time. So a few stats uh, to, to get into the game. So we've already had five red cards this season, which is a bit weird, kind of crept up on me there. But I suppose 
Um, that is backed up by the, the Gillingham debacle where we obviously had two sent off near the end. So um, and, and Davis getting his second red card of the season already this, uh, so far. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on because he obviously goes out and misses four games due to that. Um, just before with this game, it, it was just worth pointing out we still were on a bad run and it was the joint fourth worst start to a season um, with 16 points from 18 games. Obviously, we've picked that up a little bit from Saturday. Um, and one of the things we were talking about at the match was talking to Chris Hudson about when was the last time we had players sent off back-to-back games, um, thinking it would be ages and ages. But actually, yeah, when we actually you, you do think about it, it was early this season when Pennington and Davis uh, and Burgoyne and all of that sort of nonsense um, in, mm-hmm. in the game versus Gillingham. And yeah, that was a bit of a crazy end to that game. Dad. It was a bit mad, that one, wasn't it? Well, my granddaughter loved it because she said, <laughs> oh, there's a fight. I love a fight. <laughs> she, she does enjoy a bit of a kick. It's like when we, when we played Wolves and she uh, she enjoyed all the fighting down in the corner. I'm not sure what kind of daughter I'm bringing up, really, Dad. But there we go. Um, so yeah, there was a crazy end to that game. So yeah, five red cards this season is, is an interesting one um, and yeah as you just talked about then highest attendance so far at home this season was the Sunderland game and um, obviously only getting a point um, was a frustration in some respects but it meant we fell four points behind last season and we'll come to maybe why we would talk about that um, based on some of the stuff that was in the press but Mike let's let's look at team selection so obviously Tuesday night it was a bit of a cold run not as cold as Saturday saw the team selection come through um, you can see it in front of you now what, what were your initial thoughts of that selection? I mean to stand out there's Pike playing right wing back isn't it? Yeah um, <laughs> I don't think anybody could have seen that coming. I, I don't think we ever saw. I don't think even Raquel Pike would have seen this development in his career coming. Sort of, you know, from out in the stiffs doing nothing to playing right wing back. Like, you must be wondering what's happening. But <laughs> to be fair to him, the last the, the two the two attempts he's had there have been pretty um, pretty okay outings for a striker playing right wing back. I'm not getting carried away that he's you know an actual right wing back, but he's no. doing okay. But yeah, it's it's you know it's kind of a team that picks itself, isn't it? The only you know, we're down to the bare bones and the only option he had really there was maybe to drop Lesha in somewhere. But I think, you know, apart from Pike, right wing back, it's kind of all he could do is shuffle the pack and, and see what he can get out there. Yeah, and, and I suppose another one, Dad, that was interesting was Leahy, who's been doing really well in central midfield, one of those mm. most impressive players over the last few weeks, and suddenly he's got a drop in and play centre back. And, and to be fair, he's slotted in really well both games. Yep. I really I really thought he's done well both games. You rate him a lot, don't you, as a player? I do, he's a good player, especially in midfield, but like you say, he's got a drop back and and he, he's an all-round player, so he can. I think he can fit in. Pike, well, he hasn't got the nonce to be a defender, but he, <laughs> he'll, he, you know, he, he filled in. He did all right. Yeah, I think so. It's, we'll come to the next game where he obviously got injured, and a bit unfortunate to see that when he was just starting to make some strides in the team, despite it being out of position. But yeah, it was a bit of a needs must, wasn't it? And there wasn't wasn't much depth on the bench. Um, obviously, we had four four youth lads on the bench, and two of those had never been in a matchday squad, Mike. And mm-hmm. it, you know, I think this is worth talking about for both games. But definitely down to bare bones at the moment, which is why. I suppose the results this week are a bit more remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, given the context of the, the condition of the squad, getting four points out of this week is um, it's pretty big, isn't it? And mm-hmm. also, like, it's very rare that I'll come to a match, you know, sort of 15, 16 matches into the season, well, 19 about, isn't it now, and yep. not know three of the names on our bench. That's a pretty rare <laughs> uh, occurrence in sort of my history of my following the town. So it just goes to show that, that we're really scratching around and, and I'm fascinated to see what happens in January and how we can arrest the sort of the issues that we got because we're two more red cards or two more injuries away from really struggling again I think mm, yeah the red cards haven't helped in the last few weeks that's for sure and obviously we, we got yeah. one in this game and and yeah obviously it was quite weird when you look at it you know when you look at that starting line you've got seven of them that are either a left back or a striker so it does show that we're playing you know um, square pegs in round holes at the moment dad mm. and, and that's where we're at isn't it well, yeah, all I can say is uh, we, we the, the squad we've got, we're doing well. And if any of the players on the on, the youth players are as good as Bloxham, yeah, we're doing all right. 
Yeah, we'll, come to, okay. we'll come to Bloxham because he's, he's had a decent week, I think. But yeah, Ebanks and Pierre being injured at the same time is not ideal when we're playing mm. five at the back. So hopefully that situation resolves itself quite quickly. But um, I want to talk about how cold it was on Tuesday night, but I'm not going to because it was way colder on Saturday. So we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, we'll talk through the game really and just go through some of those moments. So yeah, I thought we kind of kept going really in terms of the game and from where we were at Cheltenham. We, we kind of kept pushing even with 10 men at Cheltenham and you know played a little bit more front football and it was a good start from town um, Mike you know we, we kind of got out on the front foot and you know tried to engage them in the press and, and you know I think we came out with a with a will to put that unfortunate result uh, at Cheltenham behind us really where we were hard done by with, with the penalty obviously it was a penalty but and a red card but you know felt like we wanted to get back to, to winning Rays really after a draw a, a, a game where we could have done better I think. Yeah, and it's it's sort of it's it's a complete change to the start of the season where the, the story every week was God, we started so poorly, we conceded early, we mm. couldn't seem to get into games until we were behind or until we you know, until we were into the second half it seemed sometimes. So for us to have started well we, we by all accounts, I was on the radio and you told me when you came back, we started really well at Cheltenham. Yep. We started really well against Sunderland and we started really well um uh, on the match on Saturday as well. So mm. I think that, you know, we've whatever they're doing in training it must be kicking in because it's completely different to what we saw at the start of the season. So really good for us to, to, to get out on the front foot in front of the home crowd. It was, it was sharp. It was dynamic. We were pressing with energy. Um, and we just looked like a team that, like you say, wanted to put the bad luck of the previous week behind us and really try and get that three points on the board. And uh, yeah, you, you couldn't fault them in the first 20, 25 minutes, could you? No, you couldn't. And I think well, apart from the goal. <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, it's um it's a bit tricky with with, with that, I suppose. And you know, Dad, one player you're gonna keep keen praising, I think, during this week is um Danny Adoe. And I think he's quite critical at the moment, isn't he, with the with the lack of Wally now and the lack of attacking midfield players, him sitting back a little bit deeper in that kind of number ten role. He's yeah. ideal when we're pressing, isn't he? All I'm hoping is he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Without him in midfield, pushing on and mm. scoring the goals as well. I don't know what we're gonna do. But he's, he's just relentless, isn't he? He's got so much energy. He's a dynamo, absolutely. Keeps going right to the very end. And that's how he scores his goals. Mm. Yeah, he Keeps doesn't go in. Doesn't give up. And, it's... and his hold-up play is terrific. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, he's, come, he's really coming into his own at the moment and um, yeah, f- finding his feet as a, as, a, as, a, as a forward player that scores goals and that's absolutely what we need. So mm. yeah, he did really well in that opening spell. But as Mike said, you know, started really well. Um, couldn't really criticise too much of it other than there was one little back pass where they almost intercepted it and, and luckily I think Morosi forced him wide and then didn't, didn't score from that. But everything was going fantastic up until 16 minutes and um, yeah, that good start was undone, unfortunately. Um, bit easy, I think, from Vela. Um, Pritchard got into the box and sort of got around Vela a little bit easy. I think a lot of people on the night thought it was Pike um, which is a bit harsh but it was Vela watching it back and kills a good shot into the into the back of the net and um, yeah don't know a bit of a frustrating one Mike came came from a bit of a re- slow free kick we were slow to react to and yeah. again Morosi yeah. kind of done from range just frustrating hmm. bit, of a, bit of a sucker punch wasn't it really all that good work undone in, in something very simple as well. it, was a, it was a silly free kick to give away on the halfway line and we just didn't set we didn't switch on at all he plays a very simple ball down the line and Vela I mean, he had about three or four chances to, to, to tackle him, and he was just backing off and backing off. And the guys like, "Okay, fair enough. If you're not going to, if you're not going to take me on, I'll just pop it in the back of the net." I don't know whether Morosi mm. could have done more with it. He seemed from quite a way out, and he, it wasn't hit with a huge amount of pace. But yeah, I think it was quite well bent into the corner. So just annoying, really. I think we we were sat in the in the stands, sort of complimenting how well we'd started, and we were saying how terrible Sunderland were. And these are here for the taking, and you know, we, <laughs> you know, we could get two or three here, and then all of a sudden we one 0 down, and we, we we're sort of wondering how we get there, really. Yeah, so what have you made of Morosi this season, Dad? He's he's obviously not keeping very many clean sheets at the moment. Think about he's a good shot stopper, but his um, distribution is not brilliant. And uh, I don't know, we've had better. <laughs> there you go. That's right. That's but the, going going back to um, 
I thought it was, was Raquel Pike back, backing into the box, and I was shouting, for, Christ, for God's sake, tackle him outside the box. Don't <laughs> let him walk you into the box. And then he's easy. Curled round. It was so easy for him. Yeah, it was a bit unfortunate. I didn't realise it was Vela. No, it was Vela. But he's been good in all the games. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about Vela a lot, because I've, I've got him on my man of the match a couple of times this week. But yeah, it was good. And I, I think Town did well after the goal. You know, we, we could have gone in ourselves, having had a really difficult spell at the moment, you know, down to the, the bare bones, having had the, the red cards and all the truck trouble mm. we've been going through. But they did OK. I thought Ogbetta, Bloxham and Adoe in that next spell were really good. But it was the same sort of problem, Dad. Just that... Something we've been talking about all season, but just they get to a certain point and they just don't have that quality ball, do they? They don't, no. But we haven't got anybody like we used to have a decent midfield a couple of times. Two years ago, we had a great midfield and yeah. we haven't got it. But I think Udo's growing into it. He's in a position where he doesn't normally play mm-hmm. and he is starting to pick the passes out slowly. Yep. So yeah. things are looking up. It's coming good. It's yeah. coming good, that's for sure. Um, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. I, I'm not sure I can agree that Danny Udo's a, good, a great passer of the ball, a threader of the eye of the needle. Um, <laughs> he's got great energy and his hold up play, like you say, is great, but he does often give it away a bit sloppy uh, for my liking. But, you know, maybe maybe that'll get better. Dad, Dad's fuming here, Mikey. I what? think it will get better. <laughs> he, he's uh, playing out of position and he, start, he picks the ball up now. He turns, he pushes forward. I mean, he's, he's not got a long ball yet, but he's, it'll come. Because yeah. he's out of position, he's playing out of position. He's gotta, you've got to get your head around the, the position you're in and it's new to him and he will get there. Yeah, I, I've been saying on podcast. I think he's been playing better, slightly deeper than he was yes, as definitely. the very, very front man. And um, there are a lot of things that you know he still doesn't do right, Mike. I think that's completely valid to say that. And you know, I've obviously been incredibly critical of him as, as the man through the middle, but I do quite like the Bowman blocks and Ado behind formation. I think is where we are to January. That's definitely going to be what I think we should be playing week in, week out. Um, obviously, mm. Cosgrove and, and the others are a fair bit away from that, and, and Pike's obviously injured now. So I think it's what we're going to see, and I think he will, he will get better. And obviously, he scored three and three now, which is a, a whole different thing we'll come to in a minute but yeah as, as the half went on we, we still played okay uh, Morosi made um, a save from a long shot which was going top corner that was an absolutely excellent save I, I've got to say I thought he was, he was fantastic in that moment um, mm, one thing yeah. that frustrated me in the game Mike was Sunderland and their ability to stay on their feet even in, yeah. good, even in yeah. good attacking positions they would go down which was bonkers yeah, yeah. I didn't really get that I'm not, I'm not sure if they were there for the point or um, yeah, it was part of the tactic, but yeah, but I think we, you always think the opposition are a bit soft, and then when our lads go down, we say, well, aren't they very clever?" I think it's just just the way the game's played now. But yeah, they were they were they were pretty bad at it, I think. Yeah. And there was a flashpoint just after, you know, about halfway into the half, really, where um, I, I think Bowman, Mike, and we'll say, you know, I, I, we've obviously heard what my dad was like as a footballer. My mum my will back us up. He, he was a bit of a nasty guy, I think, playing for, for the Nescliffe Mafia when he was younger. And I've got a vibe that Bowman's a bit like that. He, he doesn't, he, he, I think he's a lot, he might be a bit snide and he gets in people's ears and kind of gives them a lot of uh, harrying and, and gets in their, in their faces. And there was a moment um, where uh, he kind of got in one of the um, Sunderland players' faces and um, I think it was Broadhead lost his rag and kind of kicked out. Him and only got booked. He was quite yeah, lucky only lucky. to get booked there, wasn't he, Dad? I like Bowman. Yeah. I think he's he's a he's a player who's uh, puts himself about. He doesn't doesn't mess around with people, <laughs> and I like that. And he he also he's in the last two matches. He's played really well up front. He's held the ball up as well, and he's kept going right to the very end. Yeah, I think he's good. I think he's good, and I, I, I like a little bit. Of, it's almost a bit of Grant Holt needle, Mike, mm. in Bowman. I'm seeing every now and again. He didn't he quite got the goals yet, but he's definitely got that that Grant Holt Holt kind of persona around him a little bit. I think. Yeah, it's like, like Dad said, you got. I think you need a little bit of nasty up top. I think, you know, yeah. going back to what you said about Udo, that chasing and that harrying and, and, and defenders being a little bit uneasy that you're around in case you're going to give them a kick or a dig in the ribs, just puts them off off, yeah. off balance and it just makes them make silly decisions and we can nick the ball and, and launch a counter. So I like that. And I think I've, we've watched too many very nice, very soft powder puff strikes in the last few years, a lot of young, low knees. So 
seeing a grown man up the top who's going to mix it, it's, it's, a, it's a real nice thing to see because you can get behind it a bit more. You know, it shows yeah. he cares and he's, he's able to do it. And he scored some good goals as well. So, yeah, I really like him. I think that's, that's, that's definitely... I, I think they should... Him and Sam Cosgrove should uh, get out on the training pitch together and they should the one should teach the other how to do it because Cosgrove's so weak. <laughs> We're really, oh, yeah, really, we're really holding Dad back from talking about Cosgrove, but we're definitely <laughs> going to get to it in the Charlton game. So there we go. Um, and yeah, I suppose the thing that happened then just before half time, really, which was the the, sign, the the red card that might have changed the game for us. Obviously, it went differently second half, but yeah, um, yeah it's an interesting one because on the on the night, obviously, Mike sits by Mike sits by me. I think we probably both thought on the night it was a it was a red card. Looked like a sort of sliding challenge in a, in an area where he didn't really need to do it. Um, but you were there, Dad, on the night. I'll ask Mike in a minute. But what did you think of the initial challenge? Do you think it was? I didn't think it was a red card. I haven't seen the replay, so I don't know. But um, they both went for the ball. They were both cutching down, you know, crouching. Mm. And they both ended up on the floor. Yeah. I don't, you know, they were both going for a 50-50 ball. Yeah. Why is that a red card? I didn't... Yeah. I didn't see the contact, so I'm not sure, but it didn't look like it from where I was sat. No, but it, looking back, Mike, I think you've probably seen it as well. His legs are apart a little bit, mm. aren't they? And he does win the ball. Um, there's just a little bit of a follow through. And in, in modern football, unfortunately, that is always going to give the referee something to think about. Yeah, the, but it, the tackle itself is a really, a really good tackle. He, he takes the ball cleanly and strongly. It's the follow through that gets him sent off. Yeah. He comes in and it's, it's his trailing leg that sort of scissors around and catches him, catches the opposition player across both the ankles and. You know, if he'd have had his foot more planted, I think that could have ended up quite nasty. So I think it's not the tackle, it's the follow-through that, that gets him in trouble. And also, the ref was only going to book him, and yeah. the linos called over and got him sent off. Um, so, so he's had a better angle, I think. But I, I think, looking back, I, I don't think we can argue with the red. I was surprised we um, uh, we appealed it, actually. But they were both sliding in, I'd, so... You know. mm, no, no, now, if you watch it back, the, 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 the Sunderland guy stood up. He's not sliding in. Yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's well, one of those one of those things that pass so quick, you know. Yeah, well, well VAR. We, we don't want VAR. Remember <laughs> Liverpool away, Dad. We definitely yeah. don't want that anymore. And you, you know, you're getting on. You're going to forget the odd thing now and again, no, Dad. Don't I, worry I, about I, it. <laughs> I was concentrating. <laughs> oh dear, there we go. No, it was um, it, you've got you had my children to look after, so yeah. I, I don't blame you for missing things in the game. That's fine. Um, it was unfortunate, and and yeah, I I I'm not surprised we appealed it, Mike, because we knew he was going to miss four games, having been his second red card. So if there was an off chance of just mm-hmm. kind of getting away with yeah. one. You keep Davis in the team for four games when we're down to the bare bones. I, I suppose why not? You don't get an extra um, you don't get an extra um, match ban if you appeal and it's frivolous. So um, I think it was a fair one to go for. But yeah, not not overturned, and so obviously. Davis was out on Saturday and is going to miss another three games, which is not ideal for us. It's and not. yeah, and I suppose the rest of that half, we kind of it kind of just petered out. We didn't. We we tried to make some sort of defensive alterations. I think just to sit back and try and see us through to half time one nil down. Um, and and that was it really. And I think yeah, we got to half time one nil down. We're still in the game, obviously, so something to to look forward to. But it did feel a little bit like it was going to be difficult. Um, but we'll come to the second half in a minute. Highlight of the second half was Sam Ricketts won the the half time. I think it was the Super Blues draw. So well done, Sam Ricketts. It was. <laughs> Nice for you to win something finally in your career. And um, Ryan Jarvis was hilarious when he was talking about um, Sean Wally on the mic. He was oh, uh, he it. was saying, well, we just pass on all our best to uh, Sean Wally. All the best. Heal soon. By God, we need you. Yeah. Um, which was... Which, in the situation we suddenly found ourselves in, was very true. And I, I know we talked about it, me and Ollie, last week about Wally. Um, but we'll just get your kind of reflections, really, and start with you, Dad. It was almost at 250 games, 249 mm. games, about to hit a milestone which not many players have done for us. And, and you know, we've talked about him being a bit of a modern-day legend, but it would be tragic if he doesn't get another game for us, wouldn't it? It will. I've never been his greatest fan, as no, you know, no. and but your mum is. <laughs> and uh, But I, I hope he gets a 250. Yeah. I really hope he does, because he deserves it now. 
Yeah. He's been a stalwart, fair and, play. And I think, Mike, he's the sort of bloke that will probably be doing the most intensive rehab of his entire career, only to at least play one more game for this club, because you feel like he, he does respect us as a club and yeah. has obviously hung around and, and will want to be something that some part of those last few five games maybe this season. Yeah, it, like you say, it would be absolutely gutting if he doesn't um, if he doesn't make it to the 250, because if anybody deserves it, he does. And I think mm. I've sort of come round on Wally. I used to find it very frustrating, but you've got to kind of consider that he is he plays a high percentage type of football. He dribbles yep. at footballers. He tries to play through balls. He takes the long shots. And he's often going to frustrate because he's trying to make things happen. And when you actually sit back and think how many different things he has made happen over the past few years, he's, he's, he's a really productive footballer for the town. And I'd like, I, I hope he gets to 250, but I hope he does. You know, if he can keep himself fit again, I, I don't see any reason why we don't have him around the club again next year because I, I think he's, he's well worth it. Yeah, I, it's very much dependent on his fitness. Once you get to that age and you've had a, a long-term injury like that, a bit more. I think managers and, and clubs would be a bit more wary about offering those deals. But you know, there is obviously mm. certain uh, you know liabilities on that, like bringing Dave Edwards back with his injury record <laughs> yeah. that he'd had over the years. So um, yeah, I suppose uh, he's probably just as well loved as Dave Edwards is nowadays. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Wally. But I think the red card and whatever um, Cottrell said to half time brought Shrewsbury Town out with a clear objective to just get at Sunderland and get back in the game because they came out clearly annoyed with the red I thought and they, they really pushed Sunderland back I think there was two early chances in the half Bloxham fired over came, came quite close and then Ado came close as well and Sunderland came out as well, as well as we started that second half Mike and really tried to have a go at them Sunderland came out and just were awful weren't they for a, for a good 10-15 10, 10 minute spell they just were terrible in that first first spell yeah, I think I think kudos to us. I think we're getting used to playing with ten men as well. I think we're getting better at it. We have a lot of practice, don't we? Um, yeah. But yeah, Sunderland, Sunderland. I don't know what they worked on at half time or talked about. But they came out. They didn't seem to have any new ideas, and, and our lads had a lot of energy. And it was really good to see the town down to ten and still competing, not sitting two banks of four and just inviting wave after wave of pressure. It was um, it was mm. quite heartening, I think. It was, and it was, you know, that would have been a nice chance to have got the goal from, you know, obviously we had the two chances from Bloxham and Nadeau. That was probably our best spell mm. in that opening spell of the second half. But then Sunderland did eventually adapt, like in most games with 10 men, they had the, the 11 men slowly start to find their feet, and they did start to have much more possession as the half went on. I thought Sunderland were arrogant right from the right from the first start of the match, right right yeah. start. They were, they were passing it round. They thought they could come to Shrewsbury and go past them easy and score goals. And it once it didn't happen... The start of the second half, especially their heads dropped. Mm. I mean, they did get back into it. That was no, there was no doubt yeah, about yeah. that. But the, their heads were down a bit. No, that's that's fair enough. And I think that's that's what happens with with ten men, especially with the uh, teams. When it was starting to happen with Cheltenham um, when we were at Cheltenham, I told you about that the other week. But um, yeah. you know, obviously they they had a bit of luck at that point in time. But yeah, it, it felt like it. But they I say they did get to grips with us a little bit. I think they slightly maybe amended their tactics around, and mm. you know, Odo then had to drop back into actual central midfield rather than that attacking midfield. Mm. He was still trying to bring a lot of um, a lot of. Uh, What's the word? A bit, a lot of forward energy when he could, but he was so much deeper. It was quite difficult for him during that spell. Um, but you know, Ollie put on the agenda. It just shows what a mess of a squad we've got. And I suppose we've kind of covered that, and it, and it is true. He is still doing some of the agenda, Ollie. Even it find, between between baby feeds, I think. So um, yeah, he's been <laughs> helping me out. Um, but yes, as much as yeah, as much as they were um, as, uh, finally adapting, we did have an actually a glorious chance then as that half went on. And it was one of those ones where Ogbetter kind of went down the left and just picked out one of those really tempting crosses that went right across the box. And there was Bowman at the back post. He just couldn't quite get a boot on him. But I suppose for you, Dad, it's been really good. Obviously, our form has picked up in the last few weeks. And there's a few players I think you can kind of identify who've come back into the team and started to play a bit better. But I think I would personally account Ogbetter as one of those. He's he, he has been back. playing well, yeah. but his crossing still a bit off yeah. Uh, a couple, yeah just before he he put the good cross over he, he put three across so we're nowhere near mm. and then he had a shot 
that um, it, went, it left the ground. So, you know, <laughs> he was running down the wing and, and it had a lovely ball just on the edge of the box and he shot and it went out the ground. Yeah, it, hit the D- it almost hit the DM recruitment sign, didn't it, in the away stand <laughs> later on. We'll, we'll come to that as well. And so, yeah, didn't quite get that in there. But I think this is kind of a symptom of the week then. It was getting on towards, I think, about 55 minutes. Suddenly the crowd, the town crowd particularly, yeah. picked right up. The Brilliant. drums in both ends, the south stand, really got the south stand going. Block 19, to be fair to them, really got the west stand going. And I think the rest of the, the east stand joined in as well. And it felt like a... To me, this whole week has felt like everybody's been their backs to the wall. We've had a, a weak squad. Cottrell's had his back to the wall with the, the start to the season. The fans have got their back to the wall because we just don't want to go down. And it, and it felt this was the start of a feeling of a bit of a, a reconnection of everybody. And, and the fans really pushed the team on in that second half, didn't they? Yeah, I, I watched across where my wife was sitting, where Angie was sitting. Uh, she was in the prawn, prawn sandwich brigade on Tuesday. <laughs> in, in the sponsors. Uh, <laughs> they were all up and shouting, screaming and having a cheer as well. I mean, that does not very, happen no. very often. you know. So it was good. All the crowd got right behind them and the atmosphere was brilliant. Yeah. Were you winding them up, Mum? You're sitting in the background. Were you winding them up in the west, in the east end? No, well, it was Shropshire Homes and they are the main, <laughs> one of the main sponsors. Yeah. There you so go. We're all enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Shropshire Homes did fill that uh, stand. Yeah, the West Ham was buzzing as well, though, wasn't it, Mike? It was, it was good. Yeah, it was rocking, yeah. I mean, mm. um, it's nice. Like, I think you said, it's a good way of blowing out the cobwebs of, of the apathy that had crept in, I think. And I, I was struggling with it as well. You know, I felt relatively disconnected to this team. I didn't really like Steve Cottrell. I didn't really like any of the players. And it's amazing what two competitive fighting performances can do for you. Get mm. you right back into it. Get you really up for it. You know, last-minute winner on Saturday. Like, it just... All of a sudden, I can't wait to go to the next game. And I think that if we can harness that renewed enthusiasm from quite the large crowds that we've had this week, I think it can help us really kick on, help the players as well. So yep. I think lots of opportunity to kick on here. And it all comes down to how, how well we can do it in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and you say two games, but for any of them, Three. Yeah, yeah, people like me that went Cheltenham. to Cheltenham and then went, and obviously a lot of oh, people yeah, saw, us on, yeah, saw us against um, Stratford on TV where we actually put a non-league team to the sword and yeah. scored five goals and looked pretty decent yeah. for a majority of that spell. You know, you, you, the run's a little bit longer than that, I think, in terms of improved performances. So you, you can't really argue with that. Um, uh, yeah, as I say, it was it was a it was a bit on, it was a bit on good the way the crowd were getting around. and it, it was one of those moments where the crowd got going and they were fi- they were actually rewarded for once for that yeah. support mm. and the goal came within about five minutes after it and yeah what did we do uh, corner was cleared um, just sort of tossed back in I can't remember who crossed it back in balls just bouncing around in the box and there's Dan Ado who's finding his shooting boots um, hits it with a little bit of backlift and rifled in crisp half volley from the edge of the box um, before Bedlam in the south stand where yeah. he ran to celebrate and the, the south stand absolutely love it though Mike don't they so I'm not I, I don't blame him running there every time he, he must he must love that feeling of the kind of love he's getting from the south stand at the moment when he scores goals yeah you can see he goes straight over there he's, his pitches are always in front of the south stand aren't they but um, yep. Yeah, I, I mean, he's really, really aware and really sharp to, to react to the ball dropping because it, 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 gets, it gets cleared and Vela sort of loops the header back in and then the defender sort of half, it gets sort of knocked down and, and Udo just instantly sees the ball over his shoulder and he's mm. turned he's fired. And that's the sign of a guy high in confidence and a guy that, that can, when given the opportunity, just, just snap him up as, as he proved against uh, at the weekend as well. So it's nice to see him just scoring, you know, instinctive goals. He doesn't have, there's not a lot of work into it. He just he gets the ball and he puts it in the back of the net. So yep. um, long may it continue because he's becoming a bit of a cult hero, isn't he, old Danny Udo? Haven't you got a new nickname for him, Mike? Well, yeah, it's, we were discussing this, weren't we? It, it occurred to me that I haven't heard anybody call him Danny Shrudo, which I think <laughs> is maybe the most obvious bit of punning. Um, 
So I'm going to put it on record now. If the club start putting out hashtag Danny Shrudo or Danny Shrudo merchandise, I'll be claiming my 10% yeah. because that's my, that is my intellectual property right there. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, quite... To be fair, he's, he's the first player that's got his own chant for yeah, a long time one. for Shrewsbury yeah. Town. And mm. uh, I don't think he can celebrate down in Block 19 because he'd get... Uh, you get mobbed of people that come on the pitch. <laughs> but that's why he goes to the other end. I mean, it's probably not allowed. The club's told him not to. Because yeah. at the end of the match, the cloud were up. They were singing his, they were chanting his name and, uh, you know, clapping, full full on, cheering his name. is brilliant. Yeah, he's gone, he has gone from a bit of a pariah in some respects. And maybe that's mm. respected from what we've talked about on the podcast a lot of time. But that has been the feeling amongst fans, you know, that I've seen home and away. And obviously I talk to maybe more fans than, than most people from the podcast and guests and talking to, you know, I like talking to people to get their views on Twitter and at the game as well. And, you know, he has been, he has generally been seen as a striker that was never faulted for his hard work. And that's why I think fans loved him anyway, but was always someone that was left lacking in those vital moments. And, and when you look at a week where he scored three goals back to back, and there is a stat I was going to come to later on. It's the first time a, a Shrewsbury Town striker has scored three goals in three consecutive games since Tyrese Campbell. Um, I think it was mm. 2018, wasn't it, when he was there? I've got the, got the stat later on. But, you know, to, to find a striker that's actually scoring goals consistently is something we've lacked for so long. And Oof. if he goes on to get 10-15 this season, then fair enough. I think he would have turned anyone that ever thought anything negative about him around quite well. But as you said before, Mike, there's, there are obviously still things he can work off playing in that deeper role. So, so, you know, good yeah. there are things he can he can improve on, I suppose. But, yeah, the goal went in. Bedlam, as Dad just said, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and that was the one part of it. But I think the second part of the, the end of that game that was the, the most uh, pleasing thing was how well the rest of the players fought for every single thing they had in that game. The yeah. bodies on the line, the, the, the good defending, you know, Pike being at right wing back was targeted through the whole game, but did pretty well to stand up to it. Yeah. And it was one of those really gritty kind of ends to the game that you like to see as a Shrewsbury Town fan. To me, it's something that is kind of the thing I like about it the most as a, as a fan of Shrewsbury Town is we're not going to win and we're not going to play the best football all the time. But we never, if we can never give up and work 100% all the time, that's what you want to see as a fan, isn't it? Yeah, the squad's come together in those matches. Yeah. These three last matches, the squad's come together. They were actually playing with a smile on their face. You could see people enjoying themselves. They were touching each other on the shoulder, saying, well done, you mm -hmm. know. And and the leadership at the back in this change defence has been exceptional. Yep. They are, they've got together and they're, they're talking to each other. And we hadn't had that for a long time. And away from the defence, we'll, we'll touch on them when we come to the top three, Mike, because I think a lot of them will feature. You know, this is one of those ones where Bloxham did play through the middle, something a lot of fans have been asking for. Mm. Um, and, and I thought he did pretty well as a target man. He, he worked really hard. Well. Some, some neat layoffs. Obviously, he missed that one good chance. Um, but, you know, he's starting to be more trusted to, to start games up front for us, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, and he, he shows a bit more maturity in his performances than from the start of the season. He's he's got his head up. He's and he's a he's a very he's quite a classy footballer. He's got a nice pass in him. He can see he can see through the lines and he can play people in. So I I like him. I like him out wide or through the middle. I think he's he's a good footballer, and I can understand why he's not playing every week because you'll burn him out immediately. But the yeah. way he's being used is actually pretty good at the moment. He's getting ninety minutes where it counts. He's getting forty five off the bench when we need to, and I think. If we can keep rotating him in and out for the rest of the season, it'll be a great development year for him in his career this year. And do you think he's going to be that next player we, we as, as a selling club, we're probably <laughs> going to sell him? keep him for long. <laughs> when he spins out the middle onto the right onto the right wing and goes around the full-back, you know, it's a sign of a good player. Yeah. And he puts some good crosses in too. Yeah, no, I can't wait yeah. to see him develop, especially over the next couple of years. And yeah, we probably will lose him down the line, but you know, mm. as long as he doesn't get injured. But um, he's he's starting to come into this season, I suppose. It does bring us a little bit to, to a block some moment. I should just say, you know, the, the rest of that game kind of was... 
summed up, I suppose, by uh, Morosi made a good save from O'Neill, um, and then they hit the post late on. But we, we did really well limiting their chances because of that good defending and that that gritty determination. There was a couple of moments that stood out to me as the game went on. They had a late free kick that, that one of their lads put into orbit, which was yeah. hilarious as it the game came, came to an end. And then, yeah, <laughs> something that, you know, and, and my dad's trying to hold himself back on Cosgrove because he, he really doesn't rate him. But he got booed on again for the second game in a row. And it actually happened against Charlton. So three games in a row he's been booed on. Now, as much as I don't rate him, and that obviously doesn't from what we've been talking about I today, wouldn't boo him on, though. It's harsh, that, Ridiculous, that is. It is harsh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. What, what do you make of where it's coming from? And do you think it's going to stop anytime soon, Mike? Uh, no, I think some people have got it in their head that they don't like him. I mean, I, I, I think all three of us agree that he's not really very good no. uh, or hasn't been so far for the town. I, I compared him to a, a money laundering operation on Saturday. <laughs> I said, you know, if somebody wants to pay two million quid for him, I think there's, you know, there's some serious tax investigations have to go on. Um, you know, maybe he's a pyramid scheme, who knows. But no, I think he's just, but the poor guy, like, he's never going to do well if we're booing him on. Um, yeah. And singing I didn't the hear that. For, like, for, yeah, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's eight minute performances and he's getting booed on. It, you know, I don't see how it's helping. I mean, he probably knows nobody rates him anyway. So, um, mm. you know, probably not necessary. I wouldn't do it, certainly. But it did make me laugh at the same time. I, I suggest he takes four big shots of coffee before he comes in. <laughs> Concentrated coffee before he comes on the pitch. I can't say drugs because your mum's on me back, but I, I think he should take something. Just just liven himself oh, up. Man. He can't run. Yeah. He, the, the thing we were talking about on Saturday is he Wake shuffles. Himself he just up. doesn't run. He just shuffles around. It's a, he's a very weird player to watch. But I'm going to lay off him now. Oh, there you go. That's fine. Well, he's had his say on Cosgrove. We, we might have to touch back on him in the second game. Um, he's getting the eyes off me mum, so we better move on. Um, <laughs> but there we go. I, I say, final thoughts on that one. Hardworking, resilient, never giving up, fight, determination, pride in the shirt, which I thought was endemic from the way that Lee, he was kind of leading in the game. And, and to me, as I said to you, you just a minute ago, Dad, and obviously Mike was listening, that that to me is the salad DNA. I know you hate that phrase, Mike, but mm. that's what our fans love. And, and that's what they got on Saturday, on Tuesday. And obviously we got on Saturday as well, which we'll come to. So um, there we go. We normally have a view of, of Sunderland. Anyone got anything other to say other than they were a bit rubbish? They were they were arrogant. Yeah, you said they that, weren't, yeah. and they didn't uh, they didn't compete like they should have done. No. They're big players there, and they get a lot of money that uh, as, as a player, much more than the Shrewsbury players. Yeah, and they didn't put as much mm. into it. No, there we go. And I think that's a, arrogance is a criticism you can level against Charlton on Saturday as well with that yeah. video clip that's going round of them. Oh yeah. Much. So yeah, well, long we... may arrogant teams continue to rock up <laughs> yeah. the and get turned over. Well, we're going to top, so they might be quite arrogant when we play them in a few weeks' time as well. So, yeah, hopefully. I'm not sure Carlisle's second bottom of um, League Two are going to be that arrogant, though, so that might make the cup game a bit trickier. Mm. We'll just run through some top threes and and cultural comments before we move on to another enjoyable game. Um, But, yeah, Ollie's obviously had a say on his top three. He watched the game back today, which was... which was good to, to film his views. He had Morosi man of the match, and we, we talked about some of those key saves he made, but he did make the key saves at the right times to keep us in it, to give us the platform to get to 1-1. So he went for Morosi, went for a doe for the goal, and I think for his words were great. Um, I'm putting words in his mouth, I don't know. I didn't ask him. <laughs> I'm sure that's what he would have said. And he went for Vela third place. Um, for me, I went for Morosi as well, uh, for, for the same reason I just said then. He, he was exceptional in those key moments in the game. Again, I went for a doe second place, just thought his work rate and his, his hard work was was amazing during the game and, and a well-taken goal. Unlike Oli, I went for Nurse third. I thought he was um, fantastic in the game and is really starting to shine. So we'll start with you, Dad. What was your what was your top three? Well, I'm a Zudo number one. Yep. Bloxham number two. Just because he's a youngster and he's maturing and he's learning the game mm. and I thought he played well. And then Pennington, who start to lead, learn the line, sorry, lead the line with uh, with Nurse yep. across the back. And it's those two shouting at each other and encouraging the others as uh, paying off yep. the back. And what about you, Mike? And with Danny Udo, I thought it was his best game for the town that I've ever seen him have. I think he's oh, wow. an absolute machine and he, and he scored the winner. 
Yep. Um, so me, despite me being critical, I think, you know, that was an excellent performance. I mean, for Nurse second, I think I'm convinced he's the best player at the club. I think he's brilliant. Wow. I can't get enough of George Nurse. Yeah. And uh, third was Morosi because he kept us in it for times. And, um, and I think that was his best game for the sound as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's good to see some good performances for once. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll add that into the mix. He was, he was leading the Southcast player of the season when we've done these two To games. be fair, you could have picked any of the top of the back four. You could. Yeah, they were and, all And the keeper. Good. Yeah, they were back, all really back good. Back four, it was, it was solid. It was great. And Cockshaw at the end of the game, um, I, I watched this one back. I, I'm not sure. I didn't watch Saturday's back, but Ollie's put some notes in here for me, so we'll go through those. But um, yeah, he, he did look quite tired, I thought, after this game, which is probably understandable <laughs> considering everything that's going on at the moment um, and still obviously recovering probably a little bit from the COVID uh, incidents. But yes, yeah, it looked exhausted, but was, was clearly delighted with the result. He said that this was his best result in his time at the football club. So better than those amazing away wins we had when he, when he was first here as well. So gives a bit of context. And I think it was because we started the game so well and he said we created three chances here early on um, said their goal rocked us a little bit but we came back from it reasonably well um, and he said the reason that Dan Ado strikes the ball so well is because he practices he's working really hard at his game and his progress in a shorter space of time has been absolutely huge which is yeah, completely understandable we are seeing that on the pitch week in week out um, and yeah he wanted to try right, what, Pike at right wing back a few weeks ago um, but it didn't quite work but now he's tried him obviously here and, and as I say he didn't do too bad just just on Pike Mike what, what have you made of him across the two games at right wing back you know temporary fix but doing okay he's done okay he's done okay he looks like a striker playing right wing back uh, yep. he is a striker playing right wing back but he's doing a good job of it I think it would be very easy to stand out because you know right wing back you've got to defend you've got to attack you've got to cover a whole half of the pitch basically for 90 minutes you need good energy you need good awareness um and he's not giving the ball away. He's not making silly mistakes. Um, so, yeah, like he's, he's OK. It's a shame he got injured, actually. I, I hope it's not too much of a serious injury, really, because um, we didn't really get a chance to see him for the full 90 on Saturday to see if he could do two back-to-back full games. But he was playing all right before he went off, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I think that's fair. And, yeah, that was it. That was the end of, end of the interview, really, the key key things we took from it. So, yeah, that was a good start to the week. Gritty point. Um, didn't really get us out of trouble yet because we, we still needed that win. But that was to come, and we will move on to Charlton. The usual suspects wait. Oh, Grandison was up, and it's in! How about that for instant impact? Andy May in the substitute! So, yeah, second game this week was a 1-0 win. 93-minute winner from Danny Ado, who we've just been talking about. Um, yeah, 1-0 over Charlton Athletic. Before we get into anything about stats, Dad, it's always good to beat Charlton, isn't it? We, we obviously had a, a nice father-son moment away at Charlton in the playoffs. And we did. Developed a great hatred of them as a club. And, yeah, it's always and good them, to beat them. And their previous manager. <laughs> yeah, Bowyer. We, we were just talking about him, weren't we? So, um, Nasty yeah, piece I, of work. They're, they're, as I say, we can talk about arrogant clubs, and it certainly has always felt like Charlton have been over the years when we played them since that playoff game, even mm. before, I think. So, yeah, another 6,100 in attendance which is great um, and we'll come to the weather in a minute but we'll just look at a few stats so yeah good win means we're only two points worse off than last season so we're still trailing behind what was a crap start to last season which is a bit concerning considering we, we, we started to get out the, 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 the trouble a little bit but um, still not quite back to level or above how we were doing last year and interestingly Mike this week there was, a, there was an article about how I think it was um uh, Aaron Wilbraham was talking about how you know he believes that this is a better squad than what we had this time last season. It's a real tricky one because obviously you know we've been several points behind where we are last season. What what do you make? Obviously, it's a bit different context after the win against Charlton, maybe. But do you think we've got a better squad, or we've just got a few better players, but not as many <laughs> around them? Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a tricky one. I think it's absolute nonsense, isn't it? Because we've got basically sixteen professional footballers on the books, and mm. you need to field a squad of you know sixteen, eighteen a week. So to say it's a better squad. Is silly to say we've got a better first eleven would have been a stronger argument, I think. Yeah. Sure. Um, 
But how you can say you've got a better squad when you're behind on points compared to the previous season, also it's a bit of a laughable statement. Now, can I see us improving on it and, and ending up with a better season this season? Possibly. But yeah, as a statement, it there's not really many facts that back up that assertion, is there? No, not really. What, what, do, you, what do you think? This, this season compared to last season, obviously we're not doing as well, but do you feel it's better? I in think terms of we've got a core of five good players and uh, it's like when you look at an England squad, you think... How could you improve the England squad? There's loads of players on the periphery. We ain't got that. Loads no. of players on the periphery, so we can improve it. But luckily, we've got a core of five, maybe six good players. And it's as long as you don't get any injuries now, because we've been... Really buggers. We would. We've been really buggers. <laughs> well, I haven't seen these young players on the bench yet, so I don't know Yeah, true. if enough. they're any good. Yeah, I mean, Caton's been been on a few games. He looks half decent. But I think most most fans that are only, you know, like yourself, go to mostly home away home games. You've not seen too much of them. No. Um, and, you know, boy, B-team boycott in this family, so no one goes to the uh, the, uh, the pizza trophy games. There we go. Um, but, yes, that's that's the first start, I suppose, really. Just not quite, quite level with them yet. But we've got a chance to get above where we were last season in the next few games because we went on a, a quite bad run. So um, that's good. Um, three red cards in three games was avoided thank God um, the last time that happened was January 2002 um, three players who could always guarantee you a red card at some point during the season Darren Moss Sam Aston, <laughs> and Gregory Ock so um, yeah we, avoid, we avoided that ignominy um, which was good um, and then yeah um, Ado as I said was the first town player to score three in back-to-back league games since Tyrese Campbell as I said before um, and this was this was Steve Cottrell's 300th win as a manager in football so a nice way to entertain it and the last stat which is the most important stat off the back of this game is town are up to 19th position um, one more win will get us back into our nice comfortable position of 17th so um, <laughs> finish last season where we always end up so there we go um, team selection this week wasn't quite as surprising Mike um, obviously because we kind of knew the Pike situation and we knew Davis was going to be out um, but Bennett was obviously going to come back from his suspension so there wasn't really too much of a surprise in that team selection this week was there? Yeah it's sort of picking itself at the moment isn't it I, I don't think you can really argue with, with what he's done there Bennett's got to come back in as one of our better players and obviously it's easy to rotate out Davis because he's been sent off so yeah again um and they did, they did ever so well on the Tuesday night, so why not stick with what seemed to be a bit of a winning formula? Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, they obviously came up to their warm-up, which today, on Saturday, Dad, was um, most needed, wasn't it? Brass monkeys. It was very, very cold, wasn't it? And obviously we had the Storm Arwin come in, which um, you know blew away quite a lot of things in Shrewsbury. And, you know, I'm not sure the game was ever in danger of being called off, although there was that one game when we had a really windy game when the, the stadium roof was flexing, flexing if you remember. Yeah. So that was, well, at least that wasn't happening. But yeah, I lost I lost a fence panel, which wasn't ideal. So I'm sure a lot of people around Shrewsbury did because it was horrendous. But it was also the wind that made it cold. It was it felt like about minus three or four, maybe, maybe worse than that. I did actually ask whether people thought that was the coldest game we had at New Meadow. And I'd forgotten that we played Blackpool in the sort of COVID 2000 capacity games last season. Mm. Um, and that was horrendously cold as well. So, um, yeah, we shouldn't complain. It's winter. We're always going to have cold games. But, um, yeah, it definitely definitely um, was absolutely freezing. And the wind did kind of affect the game a little bit. It didn't make it the, the best spectacle mm. at times, I suppose. But, um, yeah, there was, the, there was the context of the weather. And I should just say for, for myself, I... Um, had a friend of mine come over. I think I mentioned him on the podcast a few, maybe a month or so ago, when a few bunch of my school friends came um, back to Shrewsbury, and I took them to the Shrewsbury game and they watched it. Um, but yeah, the, one of the lads brought his kids back, so he enjoyed the experience so much. He brought his two lads back for their very first game at the at the Meadow, and um, they had an absolutely fantastic time. And it was quite interesting. They they watched one game of football at Shrewsbury Town, and um, one of the lads, I think he was a uh, eight or nine, a little lad called Harry. The first thing he said to me when we went to Smithies after the game was. 
the referee was rubbish. We should have had two extra penalties. So I said, well, that's what happens when you come to watch Shrewsbury Town. You, you get an instant hatred of referees. So um, that was quite funny. And his, his other little lad, Oscar, had a lovely day as well. And I should just say word to the football club. We were sitting in Smithies post-match and I have emailed Brian to say this is the sort of thing that makes people's day special and makes them want to come back. But they hadn't got a programme to remember their first ever game of football, live anywhere. And um, there's a lad that used to play for the away supporters called Tom Dias, who, who a lot of town fans might know, works in Smithies. He went out of his way to find a programme. He bought it in for free, Give it, give it to these two young lads and the smiles on their faces were absolutely massive and oh, I thought that was just a really nice moment for, for you know the sort of thing that our football club can do really well at times so hopefully Brian gives them a pay rise I have emailed them about it today but um, <laughs> we'll see how that goes so yeah there was lots going on I had a little drink pre-match which was nice in Smithies got into the game snuggled up as warm as we could with with some of the empty seats around us and um, first goal kick Mike went up in the air and drifted straight out of play didn't it <laughs> yeah it did yeah yeah, to be fair, considering the conditions, it wasn't actually that bad a game to watch. No, I think both it wasn't. Played, played it well, kept the ball on the floor as much as they could. But yeah, it, it looked like we were in for a bit of a long afternoon of watching throwing after throwing after throwing, didn't it? <laughs> it did. And it, and it did feel like, again, Mike, they came out, again, another level up from, from how they were trying to prove a point in the second half versus Sunderland. Definitely, again, looked like they had a point to prove here. Another good start to a game. Yeah, I, I come about 15 minutes in, I turned to you all and said, oh, God, we started well again. What You know, <laughs> it's almost... You know, and then we'll inevitably concede at some point. But no, I, I think you can't fault them. It's annoying not to be able to fault them. I like coming on here and being quite negative, but it's, it was a really good start and a really good performance again Saturday. Yep, was. So we had a couple of early chances. It was a Leahy cross and then Pike headed wide um, and it kind of was going wide at the back post. Pennington almost came around and got in on it, which was a bit unfortunate. And then, yeah, Pike made a couple of good runs forward, which was something we hadn't seen in that Sunderland game too much and mm-hmm. looked a threat going forward as well as sort of staying solid at the back. Um, but for me, Dad, the, the player, one of the players that's come back in the team recently who's really made a difference is Vela. Obviously, he had that spell out injured. Since he's come back in, these performances have improved. He is really the heartbeat of the team, isn't he? Yeah, he moves himself around. He's, he's tackling hard all the time. Yep. He's getting back in defence. He helped out so I know he got walked into the box in the in the Sunderland yep. match. We forgive him for that. Yeah, he did tackle back to get this. But uh, yeah, he's putting a good stint in. He is. Yeah, and it's it, he is such a proper League One player, Mike, isn't he? That you know, when he's in the team, we look better always. Mm. Yeah, he ran the show. I thought on Saturday. I think yep. it, you'll probably see when it comes to me, man of the match, but. Um, He's a proper centre midfielder, box to box. He, he very rarely wastes the ball or gives it away. He's very, he's quite calming when we're trying to play out, um, and he gets stuck in as well. So he kind of, he's kind of got a bit of everything. Um, so I, I do really like him, and he was noticeable by his absence when when he was injured. Um, yep. So yeah, yep. really glad to have him back in the team. It's fantastic, and we kept going. So all that opening fifty minutes, we were completely on top, playing nice football, passing it round, getting in their faces. You know, nice little breaks when we got the chance. Um, there was a moment where I think Bowman was offside when he had a shot across box, and uh, Ado was like one yard out and missed a sitter. Yeah. But he must have been mm. happy to see, to see that offside flag go up. Um, and then there was another really good chance when I think it was Pike down the right cut a ball back to Bloxham, and he kind of just sort of tried to sweep it in from just outside the penalty box. Oh. Um, well, edge of the edge of the six yard box and looked like it was going top corner, Dad. But the, Craig McGillery, he was obviously good one of save our keepers. That was, yeah, yeah, he, he made, good it, made a great save. And it was a good effort though. He did shimmy him, shimmy and make himself space to get that shot in. Yeah, yeah, good so, quick feet. And yeah. then there was a bit of a controversial moment, um, Mike, where um, maybe we thought there should have been a red card in the game. So Bowman was doing his usual, probably getting in everyone's ear. Um, there was a ball into the box. He fell down and then Claire um, fell on top of him, which was uh, who was one of the um, Charlton players. And as Claire's getting up, it almost looks like he gives him a knee in the back and then a little slight kick. And he didn't even get booked for that. But it, it looked worse, didn't it, when we were there on the day, Mike? Yeah, I don't think it was Claire. It was the number five there, centre half. Oh, I don't know what his name it. was, but it wasn't Claire. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he, he was holding Bowman down. You could see Bowman trying to get up and he held him and held him like an obviously long time that I thought the ref would pick up on. Mm. And then he quite clearly sort of half got up and then dropped on his back with his knee. 
It yeah. was, it was, I thought it was really, a really clear piece of dirty play. Um, but whether they were looking or what, I, I couldn't believe that the ref didn't do something about it. It was, it was really strange, I thought. But I thought their centre-half was quite dirty all day. And he got booked, booked later on, but I thought he was walking the tightrope most of the match, I thought. To be fair to Bowman, he kept his temper. Yeah. Me, I did smack yeah, him yeah. up the ear all. <laughs> Nescaf, Nescaf Mafia days again. There we go. <laughs> he wouldn't have, wouldn't have took that on the pitch. Um, and it was a bit weird because it was like we were cruising up to that point and yeah. um, it almost felt like the little bit of needle that suddenly got into the game woke Charlton up for the first mm. time in the game. They started to build back into the game. Um, there was a moment where they sort of dropped a shoulder, went past one of our midfielders and, and Morosi had to tip it around the post. Um, and then they had a, a deep cross that Washington looked like he'd headed in before Pennington stepped in and, and, and cleared it away. And yeah, so it, it did kind of wake them up a bit, unfortunately, and kind of game evened out towards our time, didn't it, Mike? I think equally, we got drawn into a bit of the silly as well. You could mm-hmm. like, um, in particular, Bowman and Leahy were very, they were vocal with the refs. They were, you know, asking them about every decision. And instead of maybe just concentrating on the game, we got drawn a little bit into, into Charlton's gamesmanship, I suppose. And I think that gave them the foothold that we really didn't need them to get. So probably we could have been a bit more streetwise um, but it, it didn't matter in the end. But I just think we gave them an in by getting distracted a little bit. Yeah, I think it's probably fair. You get use that little bit of concentration when you're a bit miffed off with the referee, who, let's be honest, mm. didn't have the best game. Well, maybe some is some some of his game up at the end of the match. Um, 33 minutes, Dad Pike went down. We'd said he'd started the game really well. Yeah, shame. Again, unfortunate for him, but also unfortunate for us with with a lack of players around. But did you worry when we didn't make the sub immediately and started playing with 10 men, or do you think, well, we've played with 10 men so much in the last couple of games, it won't matter? <laughs> I didn't see the Cheltenham game, so I can't, I can't come and comment on that. You tell me that uh, we didn't play well with 10 men, but I tell you, we played really well with 10 men. Yes. So, fair play. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, we, we could have brought us up on a bit quicker than that, mm. but um, in my, my mind, we were fine for that sort of two-minute spell where we didn't bring anyone on. But, yeah, um, yeah there we go. So, uh, that was it, really. Pike went off. Um, the change was uh, that um, Bennett went back to right wing back, or, or he did really well there. Um, and then Lesh Bella. Who came on? And there was ironic oh, yes, cheers. He played well. He yeah, did, well, yeah. there you go. It was about to ask you that, Dad. Um, he came on, didn't he, for mm. a very rare league appearance? And um, I suppose we, we'll talk about some of the stuff he did later on. But what overall, what did you think of him as a centre mid? I liked him in there. He's played all right. He, he was tackling out onto the wing as well, so he was putting himself about. Nice little touches. Didn't give the ball away. Played okay. Do you think he gave you know a performance, Mike, that makes think make made people think? Why has this lad not been involved in, in any of our league games for such a long period of time? Yeah, I, I thought he slotted in brilliantly. I think, you know, it, it was noticeable that he was all, always shown for the ball, always trying to give an angle for a pass and trying to, mm-hmm. trying to, trying to get something going. He was, he was very forward-thinking. And, and as Dad said, I, I, if he gave the ball away more than twice in the whole time he was on, I'd be very surprised because he was really efficient with the ball. Yeah, like positionally, sometimes he'd be out of it because he's young and he's learning it. And he's, he's barely played the season. But I, I think he looked like a really good player and I thought he did an excellent job. Yeah, he did. The game they, did go on. Oh, go on they now. were pro- playing triangles on the right wing. Um, and, and the ball was whizzing around a little triangle for us and a couple of times from them and because of him um, getting involved the balls were getting crossed you know into the box and yeah. making some lovely crosses from them little triangles mm. we were playing yeah he wanted to play football didn't he which yeah. is something we haven't seen too much uh, from yeah so it, was like it was him sort of him or better and Nurse yeah, blended it. well together I think on that left hand yeah. side didn't they yeah, I saw enough to want to see a bit more in the league game, so that's good. Um, the last 50 minutes of this half, we'll, fl- we'll, we'll gloss over really, because when they when Pike went off and we reshuffled around and Lesh Bella came on, he played, you know, they played okay, but that whole end of that 50 minutes was really flat. The game went flat, the wind got up maybe a little bit, there was lots of kicks and niggly fouls and wasn't really much in that yeah. game. I think Charlton changed their formation and penned us back in a little bit, which didn't help the, the kind of vibe in the crowd, and the crowd got a little bit flat as well. So, yeah, got through to half-time, 0-0, that was fine, and considering the situation we were finding ourselves in. We were obviously hanging on in game. 
games and getting bits out of them, so so that was okay. Um, but I, I don't know if you feel the same, Mike. But the flat end to that half kind of did leach into the second half a little bit. We we did start quite slowly into the second half, and um, it was kind of all Charlton during that opening spell, and and Morosi had to step up again, didn't he? Yeah, I think it, again it mirrors the kind of the the, the play of the, the previous two games. We start well, flattens out a bit to our time. We sort of struggle to get going after the second half, and then. We we end up we end on the on sort of the front foot by the end of the game. So mm. it, that's sort of the pattern now. It's changed slightly. It's sort of inverted, if you will. But um, yeah, it's, it's just getting them back out and getting them on the front foot. Uh, you know, at the start of the second half, the next the next barrier to, to jump for Cottrell, isn't it? But um, yeah. you know, no harm done. I think you know we 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 dealt with it, and they're always going to come out. You know, and and put us under some pressure at some point, aren't they? Yeah, and so yeah, Morosi made a really couple of vital saves. There was one at the front post from from Washington, and, and then there was a follow up he did really well on as well. Oh yeah, um, was good which was really good. Um, and then there was a chance. I don't know whether to count this as. Do you count these as a chance? If someone gets played in on goal, but they're offside, and then they have a chance, is that actually a chance, no, or are they just offside? Because your mind's off off it. Not, yeah, he's not concentrating so. on it. Bowman had one of those, which he kind you of know very well. You're offside. Yeah, he kind of blew. So there was that, and then and then again, the same thing happened on Tuesday. It's it's, it's an interesting you know couple of games really. This time we weren't behind. We were at a point where we could have gone on to win the game, but the crowd did exactly the same thing. The drums got going. Yeah. They pushed on the, the town again. You know that that kind of unity kind of came to the fore again, having had that flat fifteen minutes at the end of the first half. And um, yeah, lots of cheering, chanting, and drumming again. And, and again, I think it helped the players get out that hole in this game. But it's starting to help us get out the hole that is the season. And I'd like the but fact. Why... Go on, Mike. Okay, so why 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 do you think that is? Because I, I've known the town when we're in this sort of situation and, you know, we're playing all right, but we're not making it happen, can go quite the other way and go quite toxic and quite negative yep. and booing and, and, you know, moaning whenever we pass it backwards. And why now, all of a sudden, is it, is, is it because we haven't had a home game for so long that people are, are much no. more in, likely to sort of really get behind them because they've been missing the football? Like, it's, it's a strange one for me. I, I expected it to be more negative the last two games when we've not really mm. been, not been ahead than, than it has been. It's the body language. You can see they're, they're up for it. They're playing as a team. They're enjoying themselves. And it, it soon gets uh, communicates across to the fans that they are enjoying it and they're playing their hearts out for the, the club. You can see it. They're, they're proud of wearing the shirts again. That's, and the confidence is up. That is true. That has I agree to that. that yeah, I'd say from someone who's been to all the last four games where the performances have been better is that our points that we've got out the last three games are not a fair reflection of how well we played across the three games. Obviously, we did well in the cup game and, and went through, but we should have got someone out of Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, we definitely at least deserved a point against um, Sunderland and, and we deserved to beat Charlton. So I think that it's, it's probably reflective of that starting point I think was that little bit of a run, the draw at Lincoln. There's just been enough in these last month or so for fans to think, right, this is almost like we, the make or break. We give you that full-hearted support now. We won't, you know, go toxic like we have done at times, and and see where this can take them. And 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 I have to say, the thing I was about to say on the agenda about Danny is the players have responded to mm. that feedback, that vocal mm. support, and it, and it's massive because at the end of the day, I don't want us to go down, and it's and it's been important. You know, we need to not get ourselves relegated by all going in on ourselves and sometimes I think we do find it easy to do that and I certainly do I can be quite naggy and angry yeah. at football games but it isn't going to get us anywhere this season and Cottrell's not going anywhere so continuing to belt about how he should get sacked not that we ever said he should leave on the podcast but um, it is tricky you know it kind of falls between a hard place but if we went on a run of three games losing now it, it'll turn around quite quickly that way as well but mm. let, I think you're, I think the point is that we've got on a roll and that's what was massively needed at the moment to save us so yeah I, I think it's a fair point what you said Mike it is interesting that we've 
we've reacted as fans differently this time, but I wouldn't say um, <laughs> they couldn't turn back the other way fairly rapidly anyway. So <laughs> there we go. Um, but yes, I, th- I, th- I think everybody in the club should realise that he's not going anywhere. We can't afford for him to go anywhere. No. We ain't got the money. The club hasn't got it. So yeah. we've got to stick with him and it's no good getting on his back. Yeah, true. So we kept we kept going through we kept going through the half. Um, there was some nice play from Adon Better who, who fed Bloxham, and that was the chance where he fired over Dad. Yeah, that was, was a, hard luck. That was yeah, it was a bit hard luck. Fair play to a little young lad. Yeah, we were not, well, he's not little. <laughs> no, he's not young, but <laughs> well, he's not little, but he's young. Yeah, there we Sorry, go. Yeah. <laughs> he he, uh, he shimmied like I said to the side to get the shot in, and it was a good shot, yeah. and he was unlucky. And then yeah, Cosgrove got booed on again. We talked about that, which oh. was odd. Um, and then yeah, before we won, I think this was just as much as good as the goal. There was a chance where they they kind of got in and looked like a ball was going into the back of the net. Morosi was stranded, and then from nowhere, Pennington made an unreal goal line saving clearance, mm. didn't he, Mike? Which looking back was was vital because without it, we go one 0 down and probably at most get a point out of that. But um, yeah, fantastic bit of defending that, wasn't it? Yeah, at the time, obviously, it took your breath away a bit. I watched it back on the replay today, and he's got an awful lot to do to get that over the bar because he's, yep. he's trying to defend the guy on his left shoulder. He's trying to avoid Morosi sort of to his right, and he's got to keep his eye on the ball and decide to head it over rather than try and head it backwards. So the, the, the clarity of thought and, and sort of executing it is brilliant. I thought that was, um, that, you know, that's why he's that quality. He's a, he's a classy defender. I have some issues with him. I think he's a bit cumbersome sometimes, but it, it, he always seems to make the right decision at the right time when he's defending, doesn't he? Yeah, true, true, right, and and he's been he's been one of the say more most improved players in this last month, I think, joining yeah. a, joining a couple yeah. of others. So um, yeah, it was it was absolutely a great bit of defending, and that set the platform then for the kind of last ten minutes. We worked really hard, and we didn't create too many chances in that last ten minutes. We obviously get to the goal, which was post post injury in, into injury time. The disappointing thing to the end of that game was as much as we had a little bit of the ball and we were pushing them, we we really didn't have that many shots. Um, and we I think we had one on eighty minutes, um, but there was wasn't too much up to that point. So um, yeah, still still lacking a little bit of cutting edge at times. Um, but but yeah, the late drama was just worth it, wasn't it? Fantastic. George, George go on, Dad. We discussed to... earlier on, didn't we, that um, they were definitely the better side all through it. And the amount of corners they had compared mm. to us, you know, you could just it, that stat just told it for me. I lost count after 10. You told me it was 11 corners they had. <laughs> yeah, they did have a lot. But, <laughs> they didn't do anything with them. But, but our defence looked solid. Yeah. They didn't look under pressure on any of them corners. No, no. Yeah, they definitely had a lot more percentage of the ball and stuff, but um, it wasn't that kind of game. It was no. it was to show our, our kind of fighting spirit, really. Yeah. Um, but the, I say the late drama was amazing. As much as getting the goal against Sunderland was was a great moment at the Meadow. This was probably well, this was definitely better. And um, yeah, it all came again from that long throw, Mike. We found so yeah, long throw into the ball, into the box. Um, bit of head tennis. Cosgrove somehow sort of showed a bit of fighting balls that we've not seen of him to to challenge up high. And uh, we'll come to whether that was a foul or not in a minute. But um, <laughs> yeah, falls to Ado, who again just as soon as the ball finds him in that sort of position now he just has the composure to fire home really well and um, yeah Bedlam pretty much the last kick of the game um, Ollie, Ollie called it amazing watching it back um, but he thinks well come to the goal we'll come to Cosgrove and what, what was in the build up but yeah Mike just when it went in the back of the net it was such a, a pressure relief really yeah it's, it's the moment you go to the match for you can take 10 or 15 terrible performances for one last minute winner and I think that you know, any you know your mates' kids who were there for their first game, yep. that, you know that sort of thing is is they'll go crazy for it. That'll get them coming back. So yeah, love it. Danny Udo, absolute absolute um, cult hero at the moment. He's definitely, mm. I would say, he's, he's, he's clearly the fan's favourite, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's those sort of those sort of moments that are making him really popular. So yeah, loved it. We we kind of lost our, our minds for about ten minutes, didn't we? After that, so um, we did. And I was going to go to the pub afterwards and celebrate, and that's when we got the ping for COVID. So you know. Oh no! These things don't turn out the way you want them, do you? I was halfway to the pub and I got a ring off my wife. Said, "Oh, yeah, you know, come home." So that was that. 
The goal celebration was a bit strange because normally when a goal goes in last minute, everybody jumps up and there's a massive cheer. But it looked from where I was sitting that they were going to save it. It was a slow. It wasn't a fast, hard shot. No, it was a dribble, a dribbler shot, yeah. and the and you, you swore blind the keeper was going to dive to his right and get it, uh, and then it snuck in, and it, and it was kind of a slow, slow celebration after that, but a good celebration. Yeah, you probably not watched it back today, Dad. The keeper gets a hand on it. A, Does a, he? A good hand, Ooh, and he yeah. just about diverts it into the side of the net. Um, so yeah, it was a good shot still, but um, yeah. the keeper almost saves it. But I don't care. He didn't save oh, it. Oh no, so he didn't save it. There we go. And um, that was fine. Uh, the only thing in the build up to it, and on Ollie said he's watched it back a couple of times today, and he thinks it's definitely a foul. I thought it was a foul. I, I recorded a video of the goal um, as it went in because I thought it could be quite a critical moment in the season, and it turned out to be. Um, but um, yeah, I said, oh, that's a foul. But basically, Cosgrove challenged for the ball and and sort of basically shoved someone in the back, um, which on any in any other part of the pitch is probably a foul. Um, Dad, you won't watch it back, so I won't really ask you too no, much more about it because you were you were looking at me blankly but um, yeah Mike I don't know if you've watched it back today do you, do you think that was a foul? I think from the angle we were sat at it looked like but if you watch the footage from the behind the camera behind the goal camera that the camera yep. put out it looks like he just gets up and wins the header so I think it's 50-50 whether it's a foul or not but the point is mm. he went up there and he made himself big and he got the he got the touch on it that, that counted so um, you know, for all his for all his problems, you know, fair play to Colesgrove. I think that's his assist, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I don't think we've got away with one there. I think it's just a, he's, he's got up and he's won it. So yeah, good on him. Fair enough. Good. It's about time he contributed to something. Um, yeah. It's been a while, um, <laughs> but yeah, amazing scenes. We should just say, you know, Charlton were. Chance fans and their manager um, and players in post-match interviews were all lamenting it. They all thought it was a foul, so it was clearly quite a controversial goal at their end. But um, for us, just just absolutely um, vital um, and, and really kind of put us on it. And then yeah, final whistle went. Basically, kicked it straight out of play. Final whistle went, and then there was a really really good end to the game. You know, you had Leahy screaming at the fans, didn't you? Kind of in the West Stand, giving it a big fist bump. I'm loving the his best passion. end of the game was just before the whistle went, and we were all shouting "Cheerio, Cheerio, <laughs> Cheerio!" As they all, all trooped out. Gone. Uh, that was good fun, yeah. And um, yeah, just yeah, adding to that real sense of togetherness, Mike. Yeah, and and I, I think you're sort of moving on to the next part. But my remaining issue, sort of, with this little um, upturn in fortunes, is 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 Cottrell trying to reconnect with the fans a bit. He mm. doesn't come anywhere near us, even after a win, even after a nice, you know, comeback against ten men, against eleven men with ten, or you know, a last minute winner. It would be nice to see him start to try and you know, figuratively build some bridges with the, with the fans and, and pull the club back together because. That's the one thing I don't get, really. He's, he seems a man on his own, doesn't he? You know, it's his way or the highway, and he needs to he needs to sort of come back towards us a little bit, I think. Yeah, I imagine that will come. I'll talk about his post match in a minute because there was a little bit to kind of get out of that, I think, from it. But yeah, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. But um, yeah, let's just do top threes, and then we'll have a little chat about Steve Cotter, I suppose, and, and that point you just made, Mike. So um, for, for Ollie, he went for Vela, who, who, as Mike said during the, the review there, actually run the show. I totally agree with that. So he went Vela, Ado, I think probably for the finishing again, and um, he went for Bennett in third place, um, which is fair enough. I went for Leahy. I just I'm so impressed with his leadership and his vocalness, and I think maybe that's the, the difference between watching it on the I follow like Ollie did, and then being there. Just the way he led us and screamed at the fans at the end, and just that connection he's getting with the fans. Um, also becoming a fan favourite. I just thought he was fantastic across the game. I think Vela was probably the best player in the game, like like Ollie had picked him out of the match. But I just I wanted to give it Leahy because I, I thought his leadership tipped him over the edge. So yeah, Leahy first, Vela second, and again Ado just a bit of a monster during the game. Um, I did I did pick him in third place, but there were parts of the game where I didn't. He was doing all that well, but I can't. You know, you score a winner like that. I'm going to put you in my top three. So um, that's that. What about you, Dad? What did you go for? I was Udo number one, and then Pennington just for his general play. But that save off the line was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't watched that back yet, but even on normal play, watching it, it was brilliant. And then, and then I put Nurse because yes. uh, Wim and Pennington at the back 
talking to each other, organising, it's it's what's saving us. Yep, and you've got similar names, haven't you, Mike? Yeah, so like I said, Vela ran the show, so he was my man of the match. He, you know, he, first minute to last minute, he was all over the shop. Um, Nurse second, I think, again, he, he backed up a good performance with another one. He, like you say, he's holding us together at the back with the guy I put in third with uh, Luke Leahy, and he's in there, like you said. That was a real, I know he wasn't captain, but that was a captain's performance. He was in everybody's ear. He was in the rec's ear. He was pushing and cajoling and, and getting us along. And, and you know, I, there's an argument to say, you know, you watch Evax Landell as captain. He's very quiet and he kind mm-hmm. of leads by example. But yeah. I prefer, a, you know, a shout and a baller and somebody who's really out there um, making people accountable on the pitch. There's a lot of that with Leahy where he will he will shout at somebody who's made a mistake and he'll, you know, he'll, he'll say, don't, you know, you can't do that again. We've got to be better than that. And, and it, it, it doesn't, not to, not to knock them down, but it, it, it sort of raises their level a bit. So I was really impressed with Lee at the weekend with his, with his communication. Yeah, it's funny because we used to sort of say, what does, where, why is Norburn not doing what Lee he's doing now? That vocal kind of, yeah, yeah he just he stands out more as a leader, doesn't he? Which is not to say that mm. Norburn wasn't a good captain in the dressing room. There's a lot to being a, a football captain, isn't there? But, mm. I, I, you know, I like Lee he's passion. He's definitely becoming one of my fan favourites uh, as, as my personal mm. top top players. So that was good. Um, but you talked about, you know, how does Cottrell reconnect? And I'm not sure whether you actually watched his post-match, Mike, but he was, he was really emotional. No. Um and uh, yeah, he, 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 one of the things he said in it, which is it, maybe that bridge building you were talking about, um, was that he said the fans had been at their best this week. So, you know, he hasn't praised us as fans specifically in too many comments. Maybe we shouldn't be so sensitive about these things. But, um, you know, he was trying to make that point, I suppose, which is something that maybe will we'll touch a few people who kind of like to see that thing like you were talking about. Um, similar to what he said on um, Tuesday night when he said that was the best result since he was there. He said that it was this was his best result. So two All best right. results back yeah. to back. Um, but he did point out that it had been a really, really difficult week and that four points was fantastic. Um, really mm. pleased for Danny Ado to get three and three. Interestingly, Mike, he in the post-match said Vela was our best player. So interesting that you you know, you know, and Oli went for him as man of the match because the manager thought the same thing. Um, and then he started to talk about wider context things, about how the work from pre-season is starting to show, the spirit is amazing, some of the players are starting to settle into this team and this formation and what we're doing. said the players were credit to themselves and their families um, and, and went on a bit, of, a bit of a thing about the players. And then he started talking about how he, he absolutely loves winning at home um, and joked then that he wouldn't actually mind one away win, um, which we still haven't got in the league yet. Um, and then, yeah, important to get a clean sheet um, and, and especially with what we had available to, to the game in terms of the squad um, and then capped off really you know it was his as much as it was 300th win in management it was also his one year anniversary of being the manager of Shrewsbury Town and he described it as an incredible year and obviously for, for many reasons football reasons mm. health reasons COVID. the support yeah. all of the things that have gone on and as much as you know the, the recent those bad starts to the season and how terrible that had been and there's no getting away from the abject start to the season now things are starting to turn around a little bit it is worth reflecting on the fact that the man has been through probably the most difficult year of his career, Dad, and still here and, and getting us important wins, I suppose. Yeah, it reflects on the, our choice of um, players of the, of, of the matches. That we've all chose different. Yeah. Ollie chose different as well. Yeah. And how long have we been able to say that? You know, We've all chose different players from the team. It yep. just shows how good as a team we're playing. Yeah. And, and, and you've got to credit Cosgrove. You have. Cosgrove, you can't oh, sorry. Cosgrove. Cosgrove, <laughs> Sorry, Cottrell. <laughs> Brilliant, no, yeah. Cosgrove, he's dead, to me. <laughs> God's sake. Um, yeah, Mike, but what about your reflections of, I suppose, the Cottrell year? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been up and down, hasn't it? And I think, I think the, the way he turned us around when he first took over shows he could do it. And I think it's been a real shame that it started so poorly this start of the season. We're not going to, you know, rehash the, the, the transfer window debacle, but mm-hmm. it's such a shame that it got like that. because, And that's why I was sort of saying, you know, at the end of the match, it it would be really nice to hit, to start seeing him making himself part of the occasion, part of the moment again. 
and coming around and clapping the fans because that will really that will really start to build momentum with the fans and you know the, the the difference they've shown that they've made this well we've shown that we've made this week by backing them rather than getting on their back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd really because I think that he could be he, he could be the guy if he can keep it going, but it's just so frustrating. And, and you say, did I watch his post match? I didn't because his behaviour in previous post matches has made me not want to watch his post matches. Um, it's tricky. So if he's taken a bit more of a conciliatory tone and he's been a bit more humble. Possibly that you know that's a way to get people on side. So I think watch his space with him. But I, you know we all want to love him. We all want him to do well. So let's let's hope we can reconnect. It's still marginal, isn't it? Yeah, it's, the season is not out yeah. woods yet. But um, mm. you know it's got back to a point where it could either go disastrously still, or it could actually end up being quite a good season. And to get back to that point. You know, as we start December, considering where we were at the end of September and those first few weeks then when it was just we couldn't buy a win and it was just terrible all round, I suppose there has been that recovery and um, you know, we've got to start looking at some positives, I suppose, because these podcasts at the start of the season were so negative that <laughs> it's nice to be able to be a bit positive this week. So um yeah, there we go, I suppose, and that, that's the Steve Cottrell year. So um yeah, we will be back next week, I suppose, to talk about games. But just to finish it off really, there's no sign up news, um and we'll talk about the next game coming up. But um, I suppose the only sign up news really is there's a supporters' parliament meeting on Monday night. So if anyone is um, listening to this on Sunday night or Monday morning on their commute you want to come along to free entry um, at the football club and you come and listen to Brian and some of the other staff at the club um, talking about what's going on and if you've got something you want to say or bring up it's open mic so um, yeah it's, it's always a good one and I'll reflect some of the key points to come out of that on Twitter during the week um, I'll probably live tweet it and I'll I'll bring some reflections back on the podcast next week um, but what we will be talking about on the podcast next week is the cup, the return of the FA Cup. Mm. I'm pretty sure, Dad, you're not going to go to Carlisle away. I'm not going to Carlisle. I can tell you no. <laughs> Too and far, and your driving makes me sick. <laughs> there we go. And I'm 100 percent sure Mike's not going. <laughs> no chance. No. No yeah. chance. I wouldn't. Go. I don't think I'd go to Wham at the weekend. Never mind Carlisle. <laughs> there we go well, I will be going anyway because uh, I've got absolutely nothing better to do no um, we're going to have a nice weekend hopefully in the Lake District but yeah what do you make I suppose of the game Mike because uh, Carlisle's second bottom of League 2 so it's not the, not the strongest team we'll be playing as much as they're only one division below us so in, in all my sensible head having talked so positively about Shrewsbury Town this week you know I'd like to think we'll go there and at least get a result at least a replay out of it if not go and win on the day but are you feeling quite that confident? Well let's go back to our comments about Sunderland and Charlton and arrogance and I oh. think that's what we've got to warn against. You know, we're on a bit of a run. We shouldn't expect to go there and turn them over. True. They're going to be scrappy. It's going to the condition. You know, going up north when it's freezing, it's going to be rough. Um, they've just got to go there and, and do the same job they've been doing. You know, get in, get in their faces early doors, start well, and and you know keep it mm. at the back. It's, it's a cliche, but they've just got to go and do a professional job. I think. Um, and and I, I I think it's potential for an asking, but it's also a huge opportunity to get into the third round and, and get a plum draw. So we've got to take it seriously, and we've got to we've got to see it for the opportunity it is. I think so. Um, I think you know we're at closer. I'd be more tempted to go, and I, I think I'll be jealous of you when you know when you come away. Yeah. Hopefully with a win. Um, I wish I'd been there. So um, fingers crossed for a good result, really. Yeah, what about the loyalty points, Mike? You might need them in the third round. Um, but you might have, I have sure no, this. I have no loyalty. I've got no loyalty. <laughs> If they show the same team spirit that they've been yeah. showing these last few matches, they should get a result. And that's one thing you need at Carlisle, isn't it? Everyone will say it's a hard place to go. Not because Carlisle are brilliant. I mean, they've very rarely been brilliant teams, I suppose, over the years. But because of the long journey, the mm. the kind of the, the the logistics about playing Carlisle, I suppose. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we do. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we do. I suppose team selection is probably going to be pretty obvious because we haven't really got too many players around at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll be up there. And I say next Sunday we'll be back. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to wrap this one up now. Um, uh, I, I hope, just Ooh, that, as a finish, I hope <laughs> if we go to Carlisle and we say we get two or three up, 
Yes. He puts some of them young players on so we can see them in, in a match yeah, situation. Good. Yeah. But you won't be there, so you won't see them. No, now. I'll see you. <laughs> You'll tell me all about it. You'll <laughs> tell me all about it. And I'll have your Twitter feed. <laughs> oh, there you go, that's fine. Um, it, and go is on, it going to be just. Is it on iFollow? I'm not sure. I imagine it might be. I don't. I don't honestly, honestly know. This is developed into this is developed into more of a just a prices sitting around the table thing again now. So there yeah. we go. It's fine. No, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- right, before we sign off, I better just check your agent is happy with your contributions to this podcast. Mum, has he said anything you're out of order? You're not happy with? Yes, he oh, there you go. There you go. That's quite fun. <laughs> and um, yes, so thanks for joining us, Dad. It's always good to have have your dad on the podcast. <laughs> no it's problem. A nice thing to do. And Mike, yeah, hope, I'm glad you got your negative COVID. So um, you'll be back to work tomorrow, mate. No problem for you. Um, but yes, cheers for joining us. And yeah, me and Ollie will be back next week. Um, be great to have him back. I'm sure he will say absolutely knackered but um yeah all the best to him and, and, and the family this week and uh, yeah we'll be back next sunday